This is Konzenshu, the podcast, episode 414 for the week of October 23rd, 2016. Break out the champagne, the glorious day has arrived. Welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast and extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. We are so excited because we have arrived. We are finally in the future here, October 2016. Dragon Ball Super is legally available, streaming, subtitled. You can just Watch it without, as they say, resorting to drastic means. My name is Mike. I occasionally go by Vegito EX. You can pretty much just call me Mike because that's my name. And here I am to talk about Dragon Ball. Fancy that here on our podcast from Consent You, which is a Dragon Ball website. This episode, Dragon Ball Super, you can just go watch it. Ain't no problem. Just go load it up. You can go watch it. This episode, myself, Mike, and Herms, Jake, we talk about this new initiative. Really, what we're talking about is uh, the translation in the subtitles that you will see on services like Crunchyroll and Daisuke. Uh, what is the translation style? What did they get right? What did they get wrong? What are some of the spelling conventions that are used? What are some of the transliteration and adaptation choices that were made how would we do them would we do them pretty much the same way uh, spoilers yeah pretty much that's going to be our topic this week uh you know it's a, it's a very exciting time right now and we're we're so glad to preempt other topics that we had planned to do this instead this uh this announcement really came out of nowhere uh and we're going to talk about that in our brief little news update which will just be me before i kick you over to the topic there uh we have lots of other stuff coming your way we have our final dragon ball fusion review that we've been putting off for a little bit, uh, but that's coming because hot on its heels is Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, which is coming out this week, which will then be followed in December by the international localization of Dragon Ball Fusions. Uh, Jake and I played it in Japanese, and it's coming out in English later this year. And then the other topic that I had planned to do this week, I guess I'll throw that in the coming weeks. Spoilers, it's about leaks believe it or not. We'll be talking about that soon on the podcast. So that's kind of like what's going on right now. It's coming in the near future. Again, the topic is awesome this week. I want to get to it as soon as possible. But before that, I do want to cover some quick news. So let's do it. So, uh, yeah, you can just go watch Dragon Ball Super right now. Toei finally, 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 finally got off their butts. You can watch Dragon Ball Super on services like Crunchyroll and Daisuke, and there's one called Anime Lab that is down in Australia and New Zealand. This was just announced this last week, and it started up with episode 63 that aired this weekend in Japan. It is up. You can go watch it now, subtitled. It was up within about two hours on these other services. Crunchyroll totally fell to its knees under the weight of Dragon Ball Phantom Saturday evening here. That was kind of to be expected. Right now, Crunchyroll and Daisuke have the entirety of the Future Trunks arc of Dragon Ball Super, which is episodes 47 through the current episode, which is 63. And they are saying that they will be going back and adding episodes weekly in about batches of 10. So at some point, you will be able to watch the entirety of the Dragon Ball Super TV series legally subtitled streaming. That is very exciting. So that was really the big news 
from the last week, or was it? Because one of the other major news stories over the last couple weeks is that Shueisha has established a new initiative called the Dragon Ball Room. This is a new interdepartmental collaboration that they're going to be doing, something you think they would have done years ago, and they sort of have done. It's a more formalized plan here, and really it's between departments that are going to actually consolidate and work together to plan out future content for Dragon Ball. They've been doing this for years, though. This is just, again, a more focused approach to it. Shueisha just announced this at their uh, publication planning presentation that they had in Tokyo on October 12th. Uh, the department was started back in June, actually. So it's just getting, you know, its footing, its holding here. We'll see what this brings us. Again, it's an exciting, hopefully, announcement. We don't know what it's going to bring, but we will see what it brings us in the future. Just know that uh, Shueisha is focused on bringing more Dragon Ball content. And that seemed clear from everything they're doing right now, but should be more clear. Speaking of Dragon Ball Super, Viz is indeed continuing with her posting of the Dragon Ball Super manga on their website. Chapter 10 just came out this last week. Couple notes on it, though. Uh, they adjusted the title for it. And not title, like it's not called something other than Dragon Ball Super, but the graphic, the logo for the name Dragon Ball Super is a little different. It's lost its kana, and it's got these kind of like line things coming off the side of Super. Of note with this chapter, chapter 10, this is the first chapter that would be in volume two of the collected print edition of the manga, which uh, is only coming out in Japan this coming December. We don't even have an exact date for it yet. And this is first collected print edition will be coming in May 2017. So, uh, Really, the importance, the significance here is that, yes, they appear. They're just going to keep going uh, on a bi-weekly schedule here until they catch up. That's very exciting. So going over to video game news, Dragon Ball Fusions had its second major update patch announced. This is coming November 2nd. We are getting new characters, new fusions added into the game. New characters, we're getting Goku Black and his Super Saiyan Rose form. We are also getting the Dragon Ball Super version of Future Trunks. But then new fusions, we're getting Trunks Fusions with trunks <laughs> the child present timeline trunks fusing with his dragon ball super self so yes we do get part blue part purple hair but then we're also getting super saiyan rose goku black fusing with super saiyan broly yes new characters coming to fusions i cannot wait to play around with this it's just so absurd and dragon ball fusions is so much fun no announcement of whether this patch will make it to the international version of the game uh you know extreme butoden did eventually get a major patch with the online play and uh z assist characters so i have hopes for dragon ball fusions as well other video game news dragon ball heroes is celebrating its sixth anniversary and i wish i had a bigger update for for you here but this just happened we haven't had time to go back and look at it but they held uh, a giant live stream in support of this Masako Nozawa Ryo Horikawa were there uh, they were talking about the success of Dragon Ball Heroes talking a little bit about Dragon Ball Super as well uh, in, in support in celebration of the sixth anniversary we did get a quote from original author Akira Toriyama himself this is what he had to say it's pretty much the same as what he said a year ago for the fifth anniversary but anyway thanks for always playing Dragon Ball Heroes looks like it's reached its six year anniversary. As the original author, it makes me really happy that people have enjoyed it for so long. And apparently, come November, it'll evolve into Super Dragon Ball Heroes and become even more fun. Wow! It looks like the whole Bandai staff won't stop evolving either. From now on, keep on enjoying this game's super battles as hard as you can. So yes, coming next month, 
Dragon Ball Heroes is evolving, getting a major, major, major. It's not just an update, it's a hardware revision to Super Dragon Ball Heroes. They're in Japanese arcades and grocery stores and convenience stores and everywhere that you can find those games. Again, this live stream just happened, so we got to go back and check out all the uh, significant details. But I have seen videos starting to pop up, uh, opening to Super Dragon Ball Heroes, more character designs. We did get a couple of these. Got a new fusion that's Vajinx. <laughs> tough to adapt this one is Vegikusu. so this is Vegeta and Trunks fused together and then we got the Frieza Zeno form where he's kind of like controlled there and he's got the red thing on his chest and then we've got Toa in her new form as well so you can look forward to Super Dragon Ball Heroes and more designs coming at you later this year that is going to be the news recap right now there's some other stuff we could go into fusion sales continuing to do well we got the first dlc announcement for xenoverse 2 we'll be getting kaba and frost coming there there's some discussion to be had about one character's name there we'll see this is such an early announcement we pretty much have nothing else to go on right now seems like bandai namco doesn't really even have anything to go off of right now so let's put it all aside because we have this great topic coming at you right now myself Jake talking Dragon Ball Super official subtitle translations. Go! Here we are, a little bit over a year after Dragon Ball Super began airing on TV in Japan. Finally, 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 here in October 2016, we have a legitimate, licensed, legally available simulcast of the series that we can watch on our computers, on our devices. It comes out the same day as it airs in Japan. Dragon Ball has finally embraced, we should say Toei, has finally embraced the future here. And to talk about the translation choices uh, in the subtitles that you will see on these services, such as Crunchyroll and Daisuke, it's me, it's still Mike, but I've brought along for the ride, it's Jake, it's Herms, hey. Hello. Let's talk about this, man. There's a lot of specific examples we can get into that I'm sure people are curious about. And we will get to those, but I kind of want to start with kind of like a, a quick summation of the overall style of the translation. Uh, we've had various translation styles over the years uh, in an official capacity. I guess the most obvious ones have been Steve Simmons and Clyde Mandolin working for Funimation. And you and I have talked about their styles a little bit, but how would you um, kind of briefly explain the two of them? Well, Simmons always opts for a very direct translation of the Japanese, just like a generally word for word as direct as possible. And I mean, on an earlier episode, you actually had him on where he right. pretty much explained that. And then uh, Mandolin is, I mean, he's not, he's pretty close as well, but compared to Simmons here, take more liberties, not, not to change the meaning, but to just try and present the same idea in a more colloquial type of style of English. So we've had those on Funimation's releases, uh, started with Steve, then went to Clyde for the original Dragon Ball TV series. Uh, Steve has stayed with his DBZ and GT work as the years have gone on. Uh, and that's kind of been it for Dragon Ball translations. There have, of course, been fan translations of certain things out there. Uh, we've shied away from talking about specific groups, but now that this has come out, uh, Dragon Team has officially announced they're discontinuing their work on Dragon Ball Super. So I think we're at a good 
point now where we can acknowledge that they existed and they were working on the Dragon Ball Super Series. I'm glad to see that they're letting it go to the uh, the official channels here. Um, for those who had been following along with the Dragon Team translation of Dragon Ball Super, Jake, how would you describe that translation style? I don't know how consciously they were doing that, but they always seemed like they were doing it in very much in the Simmons style. Just that whole the same kind of like everything in the Japanese is just like there's something equivalent to that in trans like word for word kind of thing overall. Yeah, I think the way Steve explained it on the show was that you're saying word for word, but the way he described it, I think, was everything that's in Japanese is represented in some way in the sentence. And that may be things like dropping some of the G's in Goku's speaking style or some kind of contraction, something like that. Yeah, that that's a better way of phrasing it. Like just everything it's represented somehow. It's with two languages as different as Japanese and English. You can't always like literally do a word for word thing like well what well, like with a lot of the accents or the specific speech quirks of characters there's just there's literally no literal translation right. so you have to <laughs> kind of improvise sure sure and so simmons does you know here try and have the kind of the characters who talk like goku have the kind of country bumpkin thing going on here try and have some equivalent to that and Dragon Team did that as well. With Super specifically, we have the uh, we have Zeno, the Omni King, who has this kind of childish speaking pattern. Dragon Team they kind of work to do that. Um, in comparison, like with the Crunchyroll subtitles, I feel like they're a bit more subdued when it comes to presenting those different character speaking styles. It's still there, but not quite as overt. It's always hard to find a balance, but yeah. like with. Now, Dragon Team, it seems like they'd always have, like, every time Goku would say anything, like, they'd try and have there be something hickish about it, or at least, or at least not let you go long without forgetting that that's how he talked, which mm. is in Japanese. That's, you know, he has this thing where he just pronounced AI sounds as E, like, I becomes E, right. which is going to pop up, you know, pretty Fair constantly. Often, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas with, so with the Crunchyroll, there have, they will have him talk in that, in a kind of hickish way, but, it's a lot, a lot less often. So there might be like, he might go a while before he say something where you really notice it. Gotcha. And also with the Omni King as well, like you, like he talks kind of simply, but it's a little hard to, if you just watch the Crunchyroll subtitles and you didn't know that he was supposed to be talking childishly, you wouldn't necessarily pick that up from the subtitle. You could tell by his voice that, you know, he has the kind of mm -hmm. kitty voice. Right. It, but if, if you're just reading the Crunchyroll subtitle script, you wouldn't necessarily pick up on the fact that this is supposed to be a childish character. There's little hints of it there, but not too much. Before we get into some of these more examples, I do want to acknowledge some other translation stuff that's been out there. Um, not that we at Konzenshu have translated the show or the manga or anything like that. Um, Jake, you and I have talked about the Strength Checker, for example. Um, just a forum thread. We did an entire podcast episode about a forum thread. But the, uh, the translation choice style that you spearheaded there was almost more literal than even a Steve Simmons translation was. Um, and that's not something... That we talked about this on the episode if we were to translate dialogue um, to be used in an official product that isn't how you would translate it there can you speak uh, real briefly just to the translation choice and style differences there when i did that thing it, when i did the strength checker was very much trying not to change anything that would seem to be relevant i get the example i always think of is um in the boo arc there's this thing where goku says like well, the translation is like, oh, we are very much not a match for his strength, <laughs> right. which is very 
like very awkward and also like, but I did that because I figured that, you know, someone would object if I took up, like if I change, if I just said, oh, we're no match, then that kind of changes it, not by any normal standards, but just for the whole power level thing. Yeah, I mean, you can see the entire spectrum of how you could translate something like that. Like, there's no way we're a match for him. We're absolutely no match. We can't do it. I mean, there's so many ways to say the exact same thing, but to someone looking to be pedantic in that area, none of those things actually mean the same thing. So I I think I just want to acknowledge all these different types of translation styles to kind of set the stage for how we're going to talk about uh, the new official subtitle translation for Dragon Ball Super. So we talked about the overall style a little bit, where it's relatively direct, um, more similar to Simmons than anyone else. Let's talk a little bit about terminology mixing going on. The way I would describe it is something like if there's an old precedent set by Funimation's English dub, it's probably going to be used here, except in cases where the difference is too great to not translate it more akin to how we might do it, or something that's entirely new to Dragon Ball Super that has no precedent gets a more faithful either adaptation or almost a direct romanization. So I guess the big example, for instance, is this story arc. It features the Kaioshin quite a lot. And so for the subtitles, they always translate this as Supreme Kai, which is what the dub uses. It's, I mean, it's all other topic of how that really adapts the idea. But so they just, you know, it's like this search. They just always use Supreme Kai, whereas with um, uh, Omni King Zeno, the newly introduced god, they leave that just untranslated as Zen-O. With the, they, do, they do have that little hyphen there, so it's Z-E-N hyphen capital O-H. You know, I like that. That reminds me a little bit of Gine in Viz's translation of Dragon Ball Minus, where they put the dash between the Gi and the Ne, so I think you wouldn't pronounce it Gain if you didn't know one way or the other. I think that's a great way to not have you pronounce it Zeno, especially with Xenoverse on the horizon right now. I think that was a smart choice. In addition, there's the character, the completely unrelated character Zuno, right. who in that case, it's Z it's zoo and then no like to in, to a japanese listener these would just be very big obvious differences that you mm-hmm. wouldn't even have to really think about but for uh, the an english audience who from their perspective these are all just kind of random syllables it really does ben- it does pay to just make those distinctions clear so that they know what's what right so we have ze n o versus zu no. Yeah, and of course, Zen in Japanese is all the Zen in Kanzenshu. O is king, like so. Kai O, world king, mm-hmm. and Gyu Mao, the ox demon king, and things like that. And Yu Gi Oh, game king. So Zen O is literally the king of everything, or just Omni King, like I want to say. In contrast, Zuno is just a very direct pun on um, the Japanese word for brain, but it's a bit. It's a kind of different situation where uh, Zen-O is the character's title and pre- Zu- not really his name. It's like, you know, just calling someone like the king of Europe, except he's king of everything. Right. Whereas Zuno is the character's name. And though it's a very obvious pun on brain, it's not meant it's not like he's called brain in Japanese. It's it's not a perfect analogy, but it's sort of like having a character who's really smart and calling him Brian in English. <laughs> you say that. I always think, too, on the back of my Sone May never ending story set, uh, Brain Dance is written as Brian Dance. And then in uh, MST3K, there's Brain Guy who gets called Brian sometimes. Got it. Got it. Uh, well, let's go with some of these other uh, specific examples. Uh, th- things like 
the Evil Containment Wave, the Mafuba, which just came up. Uh, that's the Funimation name for that technique. It's not entirely far off, but I think we would go with Demon instead of Evil. Yeah, that, I mean, that's essentially the only difference is Mafuba literally translates like a, 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 a demon sealing wave. So sealing containment, that's basically the same idea. But it seems like they didn't want to use the word demon to avoid offending religious people, I guess. So they swapped it out for evil. Right. Except they kept it here, but then they go with the Great Demon King. Yeah, for Piccolo's title. So so again, I think this is just a, if there's a precedent, they'll go with it. But then King Piccolo, I don't know. I feel like... Ugh. I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like they're just kind of mixing whatever they feel is best. Like, how far can we go with straight up Japanese terminology? And I guess maybe we'll throw the dub fans a bone almost. Or maybe they had a style guide and missed something here or there. Yeah. Like, the really weird thing is that for Masenko, they translated that as demon flesh, which is what Masenko means very right, literally. Right. Ma, Ma's demon, Senko's flesh. But for the dub, that's always just been left untranslated. And the sub, you know, pretty much in any. Uh, English version of the story. It's always, so far, it's always just been left untranslated, but for whatever reason, they decided here to translate it out. So that, like, that's something the, the English audience, like dub or sub, you, that's not something we're used to. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not inherently wrong, but it's just, I mean, it's breaking with precedent. So it, it does, it, I do wonder like why they decided to do that like now of all times, but you know, let's get into some of these big translation choices. Uh, you talked about one already and that's Zen O where they kind of went with an untranslated version of it. Uh, I think the biggest question on folks' minds right now is how they handled Ningen, uh, <laughs> in, in context here. And as we've talked about on the show a little bit and on the site and kind of everywhere, uh, the, the way that Zamosu and Black, who is, if you're keeping up with Super, you know all this. Uh, the way they use it is kind of this catch-all for pretty much any sentient being. Um, and Ningen has been used that way in the series before. I think the classic example we all always go back to is Ginyu was referred to as a Ningen. Uh, they're all human beings, so to speak, uh, even science. Um, but the way that they're handling that here is, uh, I know Dragon Team, I don't want to say they came under fire for it, but it, it confused people when they used human for everything. Because is that truly accurate how they're saying it? Well, maybe they should have used mortal. My response to that was, well, the gods are mortal too, so I don't think that's an entirely great way to do it. Uh, I think the official subs here are kind of uh, going down the middle, and they're using either human or mortal, depending on the context and who's saying it and just what makes most sense at the right time. Yeah, there doesn't seem to, I I've looked and there doesn't seem to be any pattern to when they use one or the other. Like I do wonder if it is literally just like they they have one tra- they have multiple maybe multiple translators working on this and mm, one yeah. of them will use one and one the other because like you might think like well maybe when they're specifically contrasting like when it's a god speaking to someone else and contrasting them with himself, they'd use mortal. Whereas if they're talking specifically about an earthling, they'd use human. But it doesn't really pan out like that. But I, OK, I guess starting from the very beginning, like, yes, in the original series, it's we've got the Japanese word ningen, which is generally speaking translated as a human. But in the series, it's sometimes used in this kind of broad way to refer to general it's it's often used in contrast to other things so for instance when vegeta goes ozaru and he's contrasting the power of an ozaru a great ape scion versus their regular form he uses the word ningen human to distinguish a non 
great ape scion mm. from just so in that case it's like it's you could almost translate it as humanoid like yeah, uh, yeah. A, a, a human in contrast to a beast and then when you've got the androids the artificial humans walking around they speak of the mate vegeta and goku as ningen in contrast to themselves so in this context it's like the, it, ningen means a flesh and blood human in contrast to these artificially enhanced guys mm, yeah and then in the Boo arc, which is kind of the big precedent for how the term's used in Super, you've got Kaioshin and Kabito, and then the elder Kaioshin. They refer to, again, Goku and company as Ningen, in contrast to themselves, who are, of course, gods. So in that context, well, this is where we get into the idea of translating as mortal, because it's contrast in English when you're contrasting a god to a non-god. The traditionally non-god, right. you'd say mortal. Yeah, but yeah. like you like you said in well, and literally mortal in English, that means someone who dies. If you're mortal, you know, mort death. If you're mortal, you die. If you're immortal, you don't die. Right. And we have a god that is immortal here, so like we're all over the place. Yeah, and so, but like you said, the, in traditionally uh, in con Dragon Ball gods and kind of Shinto gods and Buddhist gods and mm -hmm. those kinds of things, in contrast to the Western concepts of God, they're often generally been presented as not literally immortal. They live for a very long time, but they don't live forever. Like they have a, they still have a lifespan, even if it's many thousands of years, which the elder Kaioshin explicitly says is like, yeah, you know, I'm almost, I'm at death's door. I, I probably don't even have a thousand more years of life left in me. <laughs> and, you know, they're stronger than regular people. So it's harder to kill them than it is like the farmer with a shotgun. But you still like if you're Majin Buu, you can still do it. Right. I mean, you could say like, well, in that context, it mortal isn't appropriate. But I, uh, it's like the the damned if you do, damned if you don't. Where it's like either totally you use yeah. either you use human in a strange way because people do have like even after explaining it, it's like, well, they're using it in a weird way. Like people just do not react. A lot of people don't react well to seeing science described as humans. They just yeah, think yeah. it's flat out wrong. And so it's like when well, the flip side, someone might see the mortals used to me to mean um, to distinguish them from Dragon Ball gods is like, well, that's not technically true either. So it's like either way, you're using these words in ways that aren't that don't match up with how they're used in the general context. Right. And this is just one of those cases where I think it's important to say, look, I know Dragon Ball has been in America for 20 years, but it is a Japanese product and it is pulling from all these different realms of mythology and culture and you have to remember that's what it is and it's not necessarily what you think it is it is this fictional world that can make its own rules so just remember that when you're watching it that dragon ball is not real life as much as religion real life anyway yeah and i guess i should say so the big the viz manga they did use for their translation of the buark they did use mortal very frequently in that way so like this isn't something that's just come up with super just now it's kind of been it's been a an issue that it wasn't as prominent but it's kind of been in the background and it's but now it's kind of come to the forefront just because that's kind of that's a major theme of this story arc right i mean we have a a plan that is given a proper noun name to it that has this in its title so i think that's kind of bringing it all around here so just to recap again they're using mortal or human depending on context and maybe multiple translators it flows pretty well some of these other examples i want to get into i know you seem pretty happy about this can you explain how a wish is made and how it ends and how they adapted it here yeah so with the the super dragon balls 
this new version, like rather than speaking in Namekian, you have to speak in the language of the gods, which it turns out is just Japanese backwards. And then, but to end your wish, you have to say the phrase chonmage, which, okay, literally in Japanese, this is the term for a, a top knot hairstyle, like with samurai and kind of old school medieval Japanese. And, but the joke is that chonmage sounds like vaguely like chodai, which is kind of a, one of the many Japanese words for please. And so, Essentially, it's it's a joke where wherein instead of saying the word for please, you say another similar sounding word that has a very uh, silly, silly word to use in that context. But when this actually this first was when this first popped up, it was in the super manga in mm. V Jump. Right, right. Because this, this was when the manga was still ahead of the anime, when the Super Dragon Balls and how they worked were first introduced there. And when I was translating that manga chapter, I actually I took requests over Twitter for was like, OK, what would be a good way to adapt this in English? And someone someone suggested easy peasy lemon squeezy. And then but and I kind of like that, but it seemed like at the end of the day, it was kind of too long. And then yeah, someone else. Both, yeah. Yeah, someone else who's I sadly cannot remember anymore. Someone su- suggested pretty peas. So instead of so substituting, uh, replacing please with peas. And that's a, a kind of common childish thing. Like I, I wouldn't see that and think, oh my God, where did that come from? That's, I've never seen that before. You know, like pretty please or pretty peas. That, that just sounds like baby talk that you would normally hear. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's something. In, and in the same way, like this chon mage pun, that it's pre existing thing in Japanese. Like, you can actually look it up in the dictionary and it'll say like it'll explain like oh it's a it's a sometimes used as a joke on chodai. Right, right. So it's it's not something Toriyama or whoever uh, made up. So in that way, yeah, I think pretty peas is a very good English equivalent. It's not it's obviously not a literal translation, but it's again one of those cases where you can't really do a literal thing, but then um it did run into problems later on because there is a point at the end of the Universe 6 tournament where they do actually stop and say like, "Oh, what does Chon Mage means like oh it's, it refers to a samurai top knot so the characters actually say that so <laughs> they acknowledge it yeah yeah so this was this was a problem with Dragon Team where they'd been doing pretty peas all along and then it's like well now what do we do because it's like our approach which works when it's just used as a as a joke that's not explained further doesn't work when they stand around and explain the joke that's a great example of it's an ongoing series and you don't know what you don't know that the author does know and is coming down the line it's different when we approach something like the 42 volume original series in and of itself when we know everything there is to know so you can adapt an earlier translation to fit with what you know is to come ahead this is definitely one of those we have no clue what they're going to do so you go with what you think works best and Hopefully it still works down the, down the line there. Yeah, and so, anyway, so to cut it to chase, the Crunchyroll subtitles likewise use uh, Pretty Peas for the, you know, so for, we only have right now the episode, the Future Trunks arc episodes are the only ones that have been uploaded, so we won't know how they adapt that dialogue from the, the end of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that, but, right. I mean, you could say... Like, I still think, like, even with that in mind, that Pretty Peas is the best way of adapting that into English. Or at least it's a better way than just leaving it untranslated as Chon Mage, because that doesn't really, that doesn't convey the joke of the original. Because it's like, and a big part of it is that characters are like, they're like, oh, do I really have to say that? That's so stupid. Mm, Which we get here with with Zamas when he's um, interrogating Zuno about this. And he's like, Pretty Peas? 
Uh, yeah, that's what you have to say. You know, it's just the joke about this very serious character having to say something silly like that. Right, which, right. again, if it's if it's just chon mage, which to an English audience is just a... Might as well be gibberish. Yeah, yeah it's from their perspective, it is. So, you know, it's never... These are actual genuinely hard things to deal with, with translation-wise, but I think they've done, so far, pretty well. And you're actually hearing here some of the conversations and text messages that the four of us send around. We're like, this is what was said. Should we do this? No, that's dumb. Let's do this. Well, I don't agree with that. All right, we're two versus two. What do we do? Who's the tiebreaker here? So, like, they have this internal translation discussion probably going on behind the scenes here, too. Let's go on to some other examples. We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but Goku's accent and actually Yajirobe uh, as well in the most recent episode here. Uh Quite honestly, I was surprised to see this so, I'm going to say, perfectly represented in the official subtitle translations for Dragon Ball Super. Uh, you know, I expected this from Steve Simmons when he picked up work on the series, but I just wasn't expecting it here. I was pretty surprised. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I think they do a good job. I mean, I, like I said earlier, it's a little hard to get like the exact balance right, but maybe, like, maybe at times they lean a little towards not doing it enough but they on the flip side they never do it too much which can also be very annoying and so i mean yeah i'm pleased with how they did that and offhand i can't remember how they handled yajirobe's it seemed like similar but maybe more of it when he is talking just dropping the g's and contractions and that kind of stuff uh, i saw y'all in there yeah because it's it seems like to be in in japanese he's speaking with more of an accent than he used to in the main series but yeah i agree i feel like tanaka doesn't quite remember how yajirobe says the sound here like he's going okay in the weirdest way like, yeah, yeah. like anyway the, i guess the only other stuff to mention here is um chi chi she didn't they didn't write his goku sa like uh, I'm used to seeing in Simmons and also Dragon Team as well. Uh, I think they just left it as Goku. But in general, they're doing a very good job of things like when Vulma says Songkun, they're writing it as Songkun and not Goku. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, and it does lead. So they leave in the honorifics, which does lead to weird things like just seeing Supreme Kai Sama. I know it's ridiculous. Which <laughs> go with something. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, I'm a little. I don't know how to describe it. It, it throws me off a little bit. Seeing honorifics sometimes italicized, sometimes not unhyphenated. Yeah, they seem to. That's just an inconsistency with how they, they're typed. That's kind of annoying. Just, it might be a rushed thing to get this out the door. Maybe, hopefully, that gets cleaned up yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, are there any other specific examples? Um, you've been tweeting about a few of these. I think you and I kind of hit all the big ones. Um, Super Sign Rosé, uh, we're going to make sure we start writing it properly because they're definitely yeah. going with it that way as well. Uh, and again, like it's there's two different ways of writing well, okay, in Japanese, if you're writing the English word rose, generally it's just rose, like the R-O sound elongated ending rose. in Z-U. Right. Which, like, for comparison, in Yu Yu Hakusho, there's um, Kurama's attack, the rose whip, which he says in English as just rose whip. And then in contrast, there's also rosé, which comes from what people keep bringing up is the wine, which is the pink wine, which it's it gets kind of circular because the wine is named after the French word for the color pink, which is rosé. Right. Yeah. And the color is kind of named after the flower, the flower after the color. And it's like you can't it's kind of like there's kind of a difference between that and rose, but it's not always maintained. So it's kind of weird. Like so in Japanese, like I said, there's usually the English word is rose, but there's exceptions like there's the Digimon Rosemon, who in Japanese is Rosemon, even though she's 
explicitly named. She's just named after the flower. And there's other kind of things like, well, there's a Pokemon called, I think it's Roselia. Yes. Which, again, in Japanese, it's Rose Ria. Mm. So even though it's the flower, they're using that Rose. There's this game from, uh, uh, I think it's Nipponichi, which came out not too long ago. It's like uh, Rose and the Mysterious Labyrinth or something, where it's, long story short, it's this girl who has a rose flower growing from her and in japanese her name is rose once again where it's like you know they're even though it's explicitly a reference to the flower they're using the spelling that's associated with the french wine and the french color which maybe it's just japanese people not always knowing precisely where these foreign words originate from mm. or i don't or they're being intentionally kind of poetic and mixing it up a bit but right. anyway long story short it's like you can kind of justify not having it as rosé with the little diacritical mark in English. But like at this point, you know, now that these official subs use it, it there's pretty much no reason not to have that on there. Aside from just being lazy, like I typically am. <laughs> and I mean, Nozawa is saying rosé and not rosu. So. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like in Japanese, it's spelled for the, the, the transformation. It is rosé and Unlike in English, in Japanese, when something's spelled in these uh, katakana or hiragana, there's really no ambiguity about how it be pronounced out loud. Right, right. It's like as soon as we saw, like, the, uh, the, they had the episode titles which leaked early. As soon as we saw though that was the name, we knew how they were going to say it out loud. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I don't know, because I'm not one of these people, maybe just because I've been in the game so long. But maybe if you're a newer anime fan, you're still training yourself to read subtitles while also listening. I feel like some folks can't do the three things at the same time, which is watch, listen. Well, I guess read, watch and listen. Some people seem to just watch and read without the listen part. Um, it's, it's very clear. And if you know, like you were saying, Jake, just based on how it's written in Katakana, it's, it's very clear what it's going to be. And you kind of piece it all together this way. Yeah. I mean, so we, we've always known how it would be pronounced, but like hi- hypothetically in some alternate universe where this transformation was explicitly about the flower in that case, it might've made sense to just have it as in English as Rose without the diacritical mark and just even maybe say it as Rose, but that's not what happened, so it doesn't matter anymore. Right. There's a lot of other little things here and there. Um, they pretty much mirror our choices. Things like Planet Gaspa, uh, things like Zalama, uh, Great Priest. I mean, these are all pretty much the same choices that uh, we made in our episode summaries, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is it, it is kind of interesting that they translated Great Priest as Great Priest, whereas Zeno is left untranslated. So I don't know exactly why they would have done that. But I preferred, tra- well, I, one reason might be, so in Japanese, Great Priest, Dai Shinkan. Shinkan is a word for priest, often used for Shinto priests, but also for like the priests of ancient Rome. And uh, if you've ever seen El, El Hazard, Mm-hmm. which the, there were the priestesses in that, which in Japanese, again, it's Shinkan. And in Japanese, it's a gender neutral term. So it can be priest or priestess. And, you know, Dai is just great or gra- great, grand, great, like yeah. we've seen. And so, I mean, it's very straightforward to translate. And it's a pre-existing term. Like it's, you will right, see, right. it's it's not very common, but sometimes they will say literally like great priest. Sometimes it's used for the Pope even, like as a translation of a uh, Pontifex Maximus. Got it. All right. And so it's not the most common word in the world, but it is something that existed prior to the show that they didn't make up. Whereas Zeno is just something they made up. It, it means something, mm-hmm. you know, they, they took the, they took all and King and stuck it together. So it, it has an inherent meaning, but it's not something they ever, 
you know, it's kind of like Superman. Well, Superman. I was going to say another example would be something like Zenzu, which has a meaning. Dragon Team actually translated out as Sage Bean. Uh, and I think when you write out Zenzu Bean, you kind of get into that Kamehameha wave <laughs> conundrum there where you're repeating yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, we, it, we live in a world with ATM machines and I pin, <laughs> pin numbers. Pin numbers, I, I, I know. We can't win here. Yeah. I think we can handle Senzu beans, but I, I guess just saying so, so uh, Zeno, it's it's almost like saying Batman, where it's like, you know, not, Batman wasn't something anyone said prior to the creation of the character Batman. Sure, but sure, you don't yeah, you, yeah. you don't need to see someone explain it. You just know if you know English, you know, you, you kind of get a sense of the character. Um, there's one really curious translation choice that you pointed out here. and We'll start bringing the conversation to a close. Uh, and that's Ningyo, which was uh, used in reference to Black as uh, like this copy version, not to be confused with the copy Vegeta from earlier. Uh, the official translations here went with Golem, which I thought actually kind of works maybe i've just been playing too much final fantasy lately well so uh, ningyo is literally uh, like a doll or a puppet and so uh, if you break it down it's like it, the shape of a human i was gonna say it's the same nin or jin here that we've been talking about in ningen and jinzo ningen everything there yeah and and by pure coincidence ningyo uh, with with the character for fish, it becomes mermaid. But that that's completely that doesn't have anything to do here. But <laughs> okay. anyway, so um, yeah, they're talking like so. Spoilers: this turns out to be false. But they were speculating for a while there. The characters in the series that Black was like a a fake version of Goku that Zamas made with the Dragon Balls as a puppet. When they were saying that, like that's when they tossed around the word Ningyo, like oh maybe he's this puppet of uh, Zamas and. That, so, yeah, that's when the word that they end up translating is golem in the subtitles, which a golem is from uh, Hebrew mythology. It's like a it's essentially like a robot made with magic. If you really want to get down to, down to it, it's like the idea was like they, they're these mystics, these sages again, who if they were smart enough, they could make their own life. So, you know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. Prometheus as well. But mm -hmm. they'd make they'd make a um, statue and just imbue it with life. And then it would just, you know, walk around and be their servant. Is this? actually kind of what Hildegarn was in movie 13 if i'm remembering yeah correctly. it's kind of, they don't they don't use the term but it's yeah it's, it's kind of the con what it was yeah. yeah it's the same con concept where they yeah they infused a statue with evil and it came to life but yeah so that that was uh, kind of an instance of a one of the few instances of a of kind of a liberal translation apart from like the names of major characters and things like that but i mean i think like you said i think it it makes sense if you know what golem means but it's it's not like a, a textbook translation uh, no. i don't i don't ultimately have a problem with it but it was interesting it's clearly someone who knows their stuff making a translator's choice here and they just bring about good discussions that's pretty much it like it's not right it's not wrong it's it is what it is it's just it works totally fine i don't know how much else we can really get into i mean we've had episode 63 uh this weekend which was the new episode uh dice king crunchyroll put back to episode i think it's 47 when this arc starts up um jake uh, you seem to have spot checked a lot more i watched 62 and 63 i haven't really jumped back but Overall, from what we're reading, this is how we'll start bringing the conversation uh, to a close here. Uh, as, as you can hear, we're pretty happy with the translations. I mean, no matter what it is, we're going to have some thoughts. I'm not going to say concerns or issues or complaints. Just have some thoughts about stuff like Supreme Kai-sama. Maybe we would do that a little bit differently. But overall, these are incredibly faithful, incredibly representative translations, and uh, we can't not recommend them yeah I, I think it's easy to get 
too hung up on like specific terminology, like especially people where if that if you don't really know Japanese, that's kind of all all you can even all you know, eva- yeah. evaluate. Right. But I mean, a part it's a it actually is kind of just a small part of the overall translation. Like, like from my perspective, the important thing is like just the actual sentences. And right, you know, right. in, in any given episode, there's like I don't know, hundreds maybe of sentences, not hundreds, but dozens, many many sentences in any <laughs> one episode. I'm going to be very pedantic to their translation here, Jake. It actually only says very many not sentences. But yeah, so anyway, so you know, and from what I, you know, I've spot checked like maybe five or so episodes at this point and it you know i haven't seen any major mistranslations there's been some kind of there's been typos and kind of just a few weird things where it's like it's like well that's a valid translation of this sentence in general but in this specific context it doesn't quite make sense where like um goku is saying that zamas is um well in japanese he's like saying in the future he's taihen which it's like in trouble yeah, they translate it as he's in trouble, whereas you could translate it as he's causing trouble, which yeah, yeah. is probably what they meant in context because uh, wrecking the future. Or you could say like he's getting in trouble, which yeah, or, means like you're you're causing issues. Yeah, yeah. But like their translation, it made it sound like he was in danger, which like A, he's not, and B, he's the bad guy, so who would care anyway? <laughs> so and that again, that may be uh, an example of they're kind of working backwards here. So yeah, and so I mean, there's there's like a handful a handful of things like that that i've noticed but apart from that like there's just nothing there's no big problems in how they translate sentences they're like there's sometimes they're almost too direct where it's it's kind of like an awkward sentence in english if you say it out loud Mm -hmm. which again is kind of what you get with the simmons subtitles as well i just haven't like i just it's pretty solid overall like uh, i don't want to give it a uh, you know i don't know how to give it a single number score but well well, let's not do numbers let's just do rankings and we'll even for the sake of direct comparisons here and you know it's not relevant anymore but we'll throw dragon team into the mix here so we have things like funimation's english dub viz's english manga translation uh steve simmons subtitle translation clive mandolin subtitle translation uh, Dragon Team, Dragon Ball Super translation, and here are the new official Dragon Ball Super translations. How do you want to rank all of that? Probably not rank all of those, but okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, if we like, if we leave the whole like proper noun terminology thing aside, yes, yes. Let's like if we just bracket that off and compare like just how they do sentences, then I'd say on the whole, it's pretty, it's comparable to Dragon Team or Simmons. Maybe probably not quite as good, just probably because they were rushed. And so like so you do get those occasional random mistakes, but it's not like a huge difference. It's not like there's never going to be a sentence where it's like in Japanese. I mean, it's just something 100 percent completely different. Right. Which is something we've been dealing with with these shitty speed suffers for the last year or so. There'd be things like where um, Beerus says, like, oh, I, I wiped out the dinosaurs because they were rude to me. And then these speed subs there say, like, oh, I sent a rude dinosaur to Earth to wipe out the Earthlings. Right. It's like you can see, you know, it's like a complete you can it's like the same words rearranged to make a different sentence. Yeah, it's like Japanese. It's like me trying to do the translation. For an episode. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just no concept of grammar. Right, right. And so where that's not what you're getting. This is just miles. That's in a different dimension than stuff like that. This is very, you know, this is they know what they're doing. I see here. what you did there. Yeah. And. And so I think, yeah, like the only things that hold it back are like the occasional random mistakes that probably are just due to them being rushed and kind of going backwards, like you said. And then the other thing, like if we do include the terminology, which is probably to some degree enforced on them just from 
from above more or less like yeah, yeah. just sure. based on um you know the history of the series in english like when you factor that in like it's going to be below dragon team and simmons but like it's not a huge difference it's not I'd a deal say. breaker by any means whatsoever for us right now it's just <laughs> i'm hung up on it the supreme kai sama <laughs> just totally absurd to me but whatever whatever i mean a younger generation probably wouldn't even care about like it's probably only really weird to us because we're so entrenched in fandom as it has been up till now well this gets pretty much the like 99 content you seal of approval um this is great i i'm i'm so glad we are finally at this point for dragon ball super um i i hope all the other groups just go away just stop <laughs> just please just stop because it's here it's everything we wanted it's available it's even free ad supported including things like Daisuke. it's available in so many countries i know there's a couple big holdouts and hopefully that'll get ironed out and again that's only english subtitles there are some additional ones i think i saw russian on the list there are some other ones that are going to be subtitled delayed uh as they move forward but we are finally here dragon ball super is uh available legally subtitled in English pretty much for free. This is a great thing. And we look forward to where it goes from here. And uh, of course the subtitle translations will likely be adjusted. If and when Funimation gets the license, there is absolutely precedent for this kind of thing for companies to do their own internal retranslation. Uh, and this is kind of important to know. I think much like people say things like the ocean dub, as much as I rebel against that, uh, we're even doing it here. We're referring to it as like the Crunchyroll subtitles. Uh, yeah, made by Mr. Crunchyroll. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Daisuke is using the exact same subtitle translation. This this is provided to them. Uh, my understanding, I've asked a little bit around about this, is that there's no giant team of 50 translators sitting around at a tiny company like Crunchyroll or Daisuke. These are provided to them by the Japanese rights holders. So there is someone working behind the scenes that pretty much knows their shit working on Dragon Ball Super in an official capacity. I would love to learn who this person or small group of people are. Uh, so this is Toei's subtitles. Anyway, what I'm getting back to is, again, if and when Funimation gets a license, which is pretty much guaranteed at some point, uh, we'll probably get Steve working on Dragon Ball Super again. And any you know issues that we think we have will probably get cleaned up at that point for a home release. So that is going to bring our topic here to a close. I got nothing else to say. Jake, anything you want to say to wrap up the topic here? Nope. All right. We are done. Dragon Ball Super. Go watch it. Well, let's bring it to a close then. That was Jake. I am Mike. You have been listening to Kanzenshu, the podcast, www.kanzenshuu.com. We are that Dragon Ball fan site with all the stuff. What do we have coming at you in the near future? Uh, we'll see if I can do it this next week. It might be coming over the next couple of weeks. I have teased on Twitter. I got in a bunch more old magazines, specifically Protoculture Addicts. One of the latest sections on the site has been the Press Archive, which I, uh, I consider a compliment to our translation section. So this is an archive of press material that is not originally in Japanese. So this is older... Uh, specifically right now, American anime press, uh, mainstream as much as it can be, coverage of Dragon Ball. Really exciting to put up some of these old protoculture addicts uh, articles. They're, they're really a great, fascinating look into fandom uh, before Funimation existed. I think that's super important to archive and document. Uh, I look forward to sharing some of that stuff with you. Lots of other projects in the work, but uh, you know we'll share them in due time. 
Again, ColinZenshu.com. This was the podcast. I have been Mike. We will see you next time. Have a great week. Bye-bye.